well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us today. Hopefully you had a great weekend. It was very, it was very spring-like here in uh, Central Virginia. I uh, probably should have mowed the yard for the first time, but... It's too early in the year for that. No way. So, uh, yeah, the uh, the spring onions are growing. The grass itself. I've decided that this is actually the ugliest time of year in Central Virginia uh, because the grass is patchy and mangy looking. You know, you got some stuff popping up, but the trees have not yet bloomed. It's, uh, it's a beautiful place to live most of the time. Like the next couple of weeks, not so much in Virginia. But uh, I'm going to avoid doing... Any uh, spring yard work for as long as possible. Did get a chance to uh, head down to the back part of my property over the weekend, do a little bit of plinking. It was warm enough to get outside and do that, so that was nice. It's been a little bit of uh, time at the uh, homemade range, and uh, hopefully get a chance to do that again next weekend as well, if the to-do list does not pile up. Um, speaking of to-do lists, the anti-gunners have one. It's longer than my arm, uh, and uh, they all involve making it uh, – well, ultimately making it impossible for you to exercise your right to keep and bear arms, right? But they do this incrementally. So we'll make it a little bit more difficult and a little bit more difficult and a little bit more difficult and a little bit more – and then sooner or later, ah, ah, well, gosh, guess there's just no way for you to exercise your right to keep and bear arms because there's no way for you to legally acquire one, right? Uh, next month, you know, we've got these uh, merchant credit codes that are being introduced. Uh, Discover, the first apparently to uh, get on board with – uh, using these merchant credit codes or merchant category codes for uh, for for purchases at gun stores, um, that was something that gun control activists wanted. They want more, by the way, because the current merchant category code does not actually detail what you and I might be buying at a gun store, and they want they want that ability too, right? They want it to know: Did you buy bullets? Did you buy a new gun? Did you buy a boat? I don't know, but we need to know specifically so we can identify what these suspicious purchases are, right? At the same time, uh, I think it's fair to say that the gun control advocates want to make it um, not just as expensive as possible for you to purchase a firearm, but they want you to have either cash in hand uh, or they want you to be able to pay for it up front, right? If you have to make installments to pay off your firearm, well, apparently you shouldn't be able to buy one. Uh, New York Times with a, a big story today, a tangled tale of gun parts, identity theft, and the ease of buy now, pay later. Sung Song said his identity was stolen and used to buy $5,000 worth of gun components from an online dealer using a buy now, pay later service. And that, by the way, seems to be the real problem for the New York Times, not identity theft. Not somebody actually taking Mr. Song's identity and using it to uh, illicitly and illegally purchase anything. It doesn't matter if it was gun parts or new shoes. It doesn't matter. That was the crime. But according to the New York Times, the real issue here is that this buy now, pay later industry is being used by would-be gun buyers. Yeah, they write the uh, industry, which boasts that companies can safely approve an online credit application within minutes, is susceptible to purchases made with stolen identities. A study published in June by a division of Refinitiv found that 23% of Americans who say they were the victims of identity theft said their identification or said that their information had been used to open an account with a buy now, pay later service. Uh, Jordan McKee, research director for financial technology companies at S&P Global Market Intelligence, says that buy now, pay later has been a popular target for fraudsters. 
which again, maybe we need to talk about uh, better safeguards for the buy now, pay later industry. But that's not what the New York Times and gun control advocates are calling for. New York Times, gun enthusiasts sometimes buy components to augment their existing firearms, but gun control activists said large caches of gun parts could be used to construct privately made firearms, sometimes called ghost guns, because they were hard for law enforcement to trace. Adam Skaggs, chief counsel and policy director for Givers Law Center, um, <clears throat> which the New York Times describes as an advocacy group for the prevention of gun violence, as opposed to a advocacy group for the prevention of the exercise of the Second Amendment. Uh, he reviewed this contract with a company called Cordova, which uh, the individual who stole Mr. Song's identity used uh, to make these purchases. Skag says that all of the gun parts on the list could be legally shipped to a person's home. Someone with the right knowledge, Mr. Skag said, could use those parts to build a functional gun as long as the person had access to other critical gun components, such as a nearly finished frame or lower receiver. Yeah, so uh, again, even Adam Skaggs didn't say that a gun could be made with uh, only the illicitly purchased items there bought under Mr. Song's name. Um, Identity theft is a problem. Absolutely. I've dealt with that myself. It's been a number of years since I've had to, thankfully, but I will never forget... Well, I guess this wasn't a case of identity theft. It was a case of fraudulent purchases. Right after my wife and I had been married, we had, uh, I guess this was our second Christmas together. And we had just walked home, or just not walked home, we just gotten home from doing our Christmas shopping, checked the mail, and uh, our bank balance says we were something like $3,400 overdrawn. And it was a nightmare. Somebody had actually taken our bank card um, and had activated it somehow and used it to buy all kinds of stuff. They like got all of their friends and they went to a gas station and they just, you know, bought hundreds of dollars worth of gas for people. It was horrible. So I, I understand Mr. Song's frustration in dealing with identity theft, but to say that this is uh, somehow a gun control issue, I think is absurd. Uh, not surprising to see the New York times or Giffords, try to focus on that angle. But the problem here won't be solved by forcing would-be gun owners, again, to either have the uh, cash available to make a purchase at, at that time uh, or cutting off gun owners' access to either, you know, buy now, pay later, or even purchasing firearms on credit. Um, this was something that came up after the Uvalde shooting as well because the Uvalde shooter had apparently uh, purchased his firearms on credit. And again, we were told at the time that this is something that has to change. I, I disagree. And I think fundamentally, this is about, again, trying to price people out of their right to keep and bear arms by making it more expensive, more costly, and more unaffordable for them to exercise their rights. You know, we talked about this on Friday with Chuck Michelle from the California Rifle and Pistol Association about what's going on in Laverne, California, the city in Los Angeles County that is trying to charge people over $1,000 to apply for a concealed carry license. Now, that four figures worth of fees is going to have a chilling effect on residents in Laverne who would like to be able to lawfully bear arms in self-defense because many of them won't be able to afford to apply for their government-issued permission slip. Well, the same thing I think is true when it comes to cutting off would-be gun buyers' access to purchase firearms, right? I don't know about you, 
But most Americans don't have an extra five or six hundred dollars laying around. This might be something they can save up for, but you know, sometimes you might need a firearm and you might not have the cash available. So yeah, you might rely on credit. You might rely on a buy now, pay later service. There's nothing inherently wrong about doing that. Unless, of course, you're a gun control activist and your goal is to make it as difficult as possible for anybody and everybody to exercise their Second Amendment rights. Uh, I will say the New York Times story was awfully short on policy prescriptions. It did not actually call for an outright ban on uh, a buy now, pay later for firearms. But <laughs> this is one of those stories where, you know, the news side covers and a couple days later, you see an op-ed saying, oh, we highlighted this problem. It's a terrible problem. So I would not be shocked to see an editorial by the New York Times uh, later this week calling again for Congress to make some changes to uh, crack down, not again on identity theft, to crack down on the ability of American citizens to uh, purchase a firearm on credit. We'll keep our eyes open and we'll bring you more details as they become available. Right now, though, let's turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day. And our recidivist report, <clears throat> we'll start there with a case out of Chicago, the website CWB Chicago, with the story of a fourth man charged in a gun case. Officials say this particular individual on electronic monitoring for a machine gun case at the time, and that monitoring apparently didn't stop him from running away and uh, going to Texas, where apparently he was uh, picked up not long ago. Um, so this goes back to January. January 10th, about 3.45 in the afternoon, state troopers tried to pull over a stolen car on the south side of Chicago. Car ended up speeding away. Illinois State Police plane tracked the vehicle uh, since uh, the officers could not pursue uh, in their cars. Um, and eventually, uh, they tracked these uh, suspects to a um, an apartment complex. Four guys, all of them wearing ski masks, bail out of the car, run into the apartment complex. Surveillance video shows the guy running there, the guys running through the lobby, going to the 12th floor of the apartment complex, where the apartments are rented out short term, similar to uh, hotel rooms. Uh, police, meanwhile, get to the car. They find uh, two AK-47s on the driver's side rear seat. Uh, shortly after entering the 12th floor apartment, CWB Chicago reported two men stepped back out of the room and were captured on video as they dumped four guns down a trash chute. Cops allegedly recovered the weapons from a bin at the bottom of the chute, along with a bag of ammunition and the stolen car's key fob. Yeah. So two of the guys arrested that night facing felony gun charges, according to CWB Chicago. Third man was charged in February after police used facial recognition technology to identify him uh, in the other two men's social media posts. And now the fourth individual has been taken into custody, uh, 21-year-old Israel Baker. Prosecutors said over the weekend that Baker bailed out of the rear passenger seat of the stolen car, where he had been seated next to the two uh, AK-47-style firearms. Police identified uh, Baker as the fourth person through a social media investigation and in coordination with the Cook County Electronic Monitoring Program. Yeah. Yeah. See, he was on electronic monitoring. Well, all this happened, apparently. Because back in October, just a couple of months before this January incident, October 18th, federal law enforcement helicopter spotted a stolen car in traffic. They were able to uh, track it to the 2700 block of West 64th Street. Again, occupants bailed out, ran into a vacant home. That's where cops allegedly found Baker with several loaded ammunition magazines, 
two firearms nearby. One of the guns had been reported stolen. Uh, the other had a uh, Glock switch apparently attached to it. Um, at the time, Baker was also allegedly carrying four baggies of crack, had a key fob for a, a BMW, two Jeeps, a Kia, a Nissan, and an Infiniti. Yeah. He was taken to court, and Judge Mary Marubio ordered Israel Baker to pay a $1,000 deposit in order to go home on electronic monitoring. And he did. So, pays his $1,000, gets his ankle monitor strapped on, and then um, he's out. He was supposed to show up in court two days later. He was a no-show. Even though he had this monitoring device supposedly on him, because police didn't know where he was. Warrant issued for his arrest. And last month, in February, he was arrested in Grand Prairie, Texas, <laughs> just west of Dallas. Returned to uh, Chicago on Friday to face new charges of aggravated unlawful use of a weapon as well as escape. Uh, the judge ordered him held without bail for violating bond back in October uh, and ordered him to pay a $20,000 bail deposit to be released on the new gun and escape charges. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Baker, no adult convictions, according to CWB Chicago. He's 21 years of age. But he was adjudicated delinquent as a juvenile for, uh, let's see, we'll go back, uh, carjacking in 2017, burglary in 2018, and robbery in 2019. So young Mr. Baker has managed to rack up quite the laundry list of charges uh, and convictions at the tender age of 21. We'll see what happens this next go round. But um, can we quit with the idea that electronic monitoring is actually useful? This seems like such a security theater measure. You know, we uh, had a big story last week at Bearing Arms about what's going on in New Mexico, where there have been a number of high profile crimes committed by individuals who uh, were supposedly on electronic monitoring, cut off their devices in some cases. And again, nothing really happened. Here you have a guy on electronic monitoring who manages to get to Texas, right? So let's quit with this idea that, uh, well, you know, listen, we're letting these individuals out. Yes, they may pose a risk to the community. Yes, they may pose a flight risk, but we're watching them because we got this uh, monitor and they're going to, it's going to let us know if they cut it off or if they go somewhere they're not supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to work in theory. Clearly not how this is working in practice. Now, today's armed citizen story, also from Chicago, where a, a man shot and seriously wounded an intruder on the city's northwest side. Uh, CBS Chicago reporting this was uh, early Sunday morning, and that would-be burglar is now hospitalized after uh, running into the armed citizen. The 27-year-old suspect identified as Jeremy Tyler listed in critical condition Sunday evening. After he was shot in the arm by the homeowner, he's also been charged with a felony account of burglary. It was just after 1 o'clock Sunday morning when the suspect allegedly broke into the home in the 3600 block of North Newcastle Avenue. Homeowner told police that he woke up after hearing his dog barking, and then when he heard a loud noise in his basement, he grabbed his gun. A couple of minutes later, the homeowner came face-to-face -face with the intruder. He told police that he opened fire when the suspect began walking towards him. Again, the intruder shot once. Police arrived uh, shortly thereafter. CBS in Chicago. Uh, Andrew Camos, or excuse me, Andrew Ramos, the reporter there, uh, says that neighbors are applauding the homeowner for exercising his right to protect himself and his family. Because as it turns out, even in, you know, a city as hostile to the Second Amendment as Chicago, you have plenty of Chicago residents 
<clears throat> as it turns out, who appreciate their ability to defend themselves, not only in their home, but on their streets as well, against the uh, growing number of violent criminals. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a, a couple of uh, police officers in Beloit, Wisconsin, who were able to save a choking child uh, over the weekend. And it really was a case of just random circumstances. Uh, Detroit police, or excuse me, Beloit police say uh, two officers were performing a traffic stop on a Friday night when a woman comes running towards them, screaming for help. She was holding a, a two-year-old girl who was not breathing at the time. A woman said the girl may have been choking on a piece of pizza. So one officer began performing backslaps on the child. The other called for EMS. After about a minute or so, the obstruction was dislodged. The little girl started crying. A woman told police that she was babysitting the girl when she started uh, choking. And she just happened to see the lights of the squad car where the officer was making the traffic stop. And so she decided, forget it. I'm running there uh, faster than calling 911, faster than a uh, paramedic arriving here. And those officers, again, on scene for what they thought was just a simple traffic stop, ended up saving a little girl's life. So, yeah, in the right place. At the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Wish I knew the names of those uh, Beloit officers, but uh, whoever you are, we thank you for your very good deed. Now, that is all the time we've got for you in this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company, but we have a busy week ahead of us. We've got uh, constitutional carry uh, on the floor of the Nebraska Senate. First vote held, first reading anyway, uh, went well for constitutional carry on Friday. We expect a, a final vote to happen sometime this week. We expect the initial debates to get underway in Florida as well on the floor of the House regarding permitless carry. And uh, with Governor Ron DeSantis telling uh, GOA's Luis Valdez over the weekend that, uh, yeah, he supports open carry too. He just doesn't think the legislature is going to do it. Maybe there's a little more pressure being applied to Florida lawmakers to uh, make Florida's permitless carry bill even better, make it a true constitutional carry bill by including open carry as well. We'll be following those stories and a lot more at BarionArms.com. I encourage you to check out the website throughout the day. We'll keep you up to date on the latest Second Amendment news and information. And if you like what you see, also would encourage you to become a VIP member. All you have to do, go to BarionArms.com slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. And as our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive news stories and content you won't find anywhere else because your support does matter and it really does make a difference. So thank you again. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.